Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 71? You know, took my first church. Well, I was a minister of music in 1976. I don't know if that counts or not. And I took my first pastorate in 78. And the, <laughs> the first church I had, you know, man, it was different from the clothing business. Um, <laughs> management is one thing in the retail business. I don't know if you have management or not in a church. Um, and so I learned to just pray all the time that like the stock market, even though things were this way and this way and this way and sometimes a low dip and then it peak a little and then I learned to pray that just, you know, just somehow let the center line between all those jagged lines, just let it keep going this way and don't let it start going that way. And after about 20 or 25 years, I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, just, just let me finish strong. This is a psalm from an old man. Probably David, don't really know. His life has been a life of, of faith. So he's, he's grown up in the faith. I, I find myself identifying with this psalm quite a bit because not only am I an old man, but uh, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I don't have one of those testimonies where I, and I'm, I'm not belittling this either, but, you know, I, I didn't get drunk or get on drugs or all that stuff where people are gloriously saved out of those kinds of things. I was just always in church. Frankly, I can't imagine life otherwise. But in my personal life, which is the ministry, and I guess a pastor speaks to different experiences in church than a church member would because of the, the weight of responsibility and, and, and hardly a day goes by. But what I'm not reminded of the scripture that says that people are to pray for those who, who watch over them and who lead them because they have to give an account for your souls. It's a frightening thing to know that at the end of my life, and I have had probably, I have to think about this a minute. Uh, I've had over 4,000 church members in these years. 
and I think, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say about some of them. I never got to know a lot of them because they never showed up and I didn't know, and they're hard to chase down when they, when they know the preacher's after them. Uh, it's kind of like deer season. You see them all the time until the season starts and then you just don't see them anywhere. So I had been through an extraordinarily bad time and I just said, you know, this doesn't seem to be going well. And I said, Lord, and I started praying. I prayed it ever since then to this day. Lord, just help me that I can finish strong. I don't want to fizzle out. I don't want to surrender or give up. Help me just to finish strong. And I, I really identify with this guy in the 71st Psalm. Lifelong faith. Boy, there's something to be said about that, you know. It's a glorious and wonderful thing to see people saved out of a a life of awful, horrible sin. And that's one kind of glory. And then there's this other kind of glory where someone's parents and family setting or whatever, environment, growing up, by the grace of God was such that he was nurtured all along in the faith. That's another kind of glory, another kind of grace, really, when you, when you think about it. So here's an old man. After a life of hardships and battles and rough times. And he's praying this prayer about his life. So let's just look at it together, okay? First of all, he cries for deliverance. In you, Yahweh, have I taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. All of his refuge in Yahweh. We're tempted in life, if we're not careful, to think that we can do it our way. Like the old song says, I did it my way. That's not really true. And one of the greatest struggles an individual has as a believer is the struggle with himself. That, that he can command at least to some degree his footsteps. But here's a guy... And I can identify with him because the longer I've gone and the older I've gotten and the more I've read the Bible and studied it and preached it and, and lived, the more I realize that I'm, I'm only in Yahweh. I've never really, if, if I've ever tried to help myself, it was just a mess. And it's in those times of utter helplessness and emptiness that you find there's always something there. And so you wake up the next day. One of the greatest pieces of advice 
I had was from a man who was not a minister. He was a fireman. We were going through some church difficulties. We, we, had, we had opposing personalities over some things and This, this man was a good friend of mine. He was my visitation partner. As a matter of fact, he used to dog me all the time. He was a retired firefighter. Come on, you going with me. We're we going to do good. We're going to go. You drag me all over the county. And we were in the car. And I... We had just been through something really bad that I figured was just going to leave us dead in the water. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, Brother Charles, I'll tell you what you're going to do. I said, what? He said, you're going to do the next thing. (laughs) That's what he said. Just do the next thing. That was some pretty good advice. In Yahweh, in you, Yahweh, Have I taken refuge? I'm sheltered. Let me never be ashamed. You know, a lot of times your greatest enemy is yourself. Lord, don't let me do something stupid. Protect me from myself. Let me never be ashamed. With your charity, you'll save me and rescue me. Extend your ear to me and save me. Be for me a sheltering rock in which to enter continually on a continual basis. So this tells you something of his life. This is where he lived. He kept going back. If he ever ventured out, he'd look around and realize he wasn't in the rock under the shelter where he should have been. And he'd go back. It was always there. You commanded others to save me because you are my rock and my fortress. We never go through life without needing the help of others. It's a hard thing to admit, but it's a truth. And You know, there are double blessings there. God blesses those who were available to help him. And through them gave the blessing to the old man. You commanded others to save me. Not because of who they are, but because of who you are. You are my rock and my fortress. Elohe, my God. Rescue me from the hands of the wicked, from the palm. Man, that's the centerpiece of the hand. From the palm of him who treats unjustly and robs wicked. Another word for that is criminal. The hands of the criminal. The unjust person, the one who steals. A person can steal from you in a lot of ways. Not just material things. He can steal from you emotionally. He can, he can, he can st- 
try to steal your reputation away from you, from other people. And so the prayer of this old man is for rescue from the criminal and from the one who would steal from him and the one who is being unjust. Mostly, if we are in our right spiritual frames of mind, we just ask for grace in God's presence and for an equal playing field for justice, or whatever you want to call it, when we deal with our fellow man. And if we're living in the right way, we, we, we live by the golden rule. You don't want to mistreat somebody. You want to treat them the way that you want to be treated. But there are those, and I can tell you this from experience, you'll spend your whole life wondering why people have mistreated you, spoken against you, said things, did things. You spend your whole life confused about it. This is where the old man is here. The palm of him who treats unjustly and robs. You are my hope, Adonai Yahweh. My Lord God, Adonai Yahweh. My trust since my youth. I relied on you from birth. From my mother's womb, you drew me. My praise is always in you. Here's a guy who grew up in a godly home. Apparently never knew a day in his life where he ever thought of himself as being apart from God. It was as much of his life and the order of his steps as anything else that he did. All of his life. My praise is always in you. I was an example Yours may say wonder. I was a one. It's a. It's an interesting Hebrew word that speaks. That speaks of. Uh, uh, that 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 speaks of an example. Who has been obviously divinely cared for, delivered from difficult circumstances, um, has. Has had the spiritual wherewithal. And the humility before God that in all of his life he could walk before God. In the presence of God. Walk with God. A wonder, an example. Of divine action and care. For the multitude. But you were my strong shelter. Now you have to get the idea here all the way through that this man has a testimony. That he wants to teach Younger people who haven't experienced the pangs of life the way he has. You know, if, if life is a journey from the East Coast to the West Coast, when you get out there somewhere in Nevada or just crossing over into California and you have some younger people still in Kentucky or whatever, they haven't seen the dangers of the road and haven't experienced the things that you've experienced. And you can see so many times 
in the lives, and they think that you're a fool. They think that you're just wanting to control them. You're wanting to mess with them or whatever, and you're trying to help them. I don't want you to, I don't want you to fall in a pit like I have many times. I don't want you to have to struggle and fight to get up that mountain when you could find a way to either go through it or go around it. So he says, he says here, I was an example. You are my strong shelter. My mouth will be filled with your praise all the days with your glory. Now he's headed to um, exclaiming and declaring why he feels the way that he does. None of us are ever are ever invulnerable to the attacks of enemies. I walked out in 19, well, 12, I was 28 years old, 1987, I guess, I don't know, I was 28 years old, I was born in 19. I was 30. Anyway, it was, I walked out. I don't know what year it was. That's why I need this psalm of the old man. Um, into the training area of the Sarimit Saryongyu Taekwondo Jumukwan. I was testing for fifth dan. It's the last test you have to take physically. Everything after that is honorary and time consuming. And you have to contribute in many other ways to the organization to go above that. But this was the last physical test. So it had been like 13, 14 years since I had first started. And my master Chung was seated at a table with two other Korean men. And I came out into this arena. And there were five guys I'd never seen before dressed up black belts. They look tough. Man. There was a there was a black guy from Atlanta, about six, seven. And he was in the corner practicing his wheel kicks. And every once in a while, when you could catch a, a blur of one of the kicks that he was practicing, you could see that he was kicking what would have been over my head. And the final part of my test, after, after Hyung and Gabon and all that other stuff, would be this. Tarion, uh, the, the free fighting. <laughs> and Jun Ri had not yet invented the protective equipment that they have today. So... I would be on one side, five of them would be on the other. You would always have to fight the number of opponents according to the Dan you were testing for. So this was fifth Dan, therefore five opponents, one on five. And these guys looked like they were angry with me, you know. And I looked at Master Chung, he said, and I guess you've heard this saying before, the stronger the tree, the, the taller the tree, the stronger the wind. 
<laughs> and so then we, 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 we went at it. Well, you know, the more you trust the Lord and believe his word, try to walk with him, the, the stronger, the, the attacks are strong, the wind blows hard, the storm is mighty. And you face one thing after another to continue the analogy. It was one thing to go two on one or three, but the test through the years, it just gets harder and more difficult. And it's that way in the life of faith. It wasn't the first thing that God asked Abraham to do to offer his son, Isaac. That was one of the last things. If he'd asked him that, coming out of Ur of the Chaldees, of course it was many years before they had a child, but suppose they had one, he didn't ask him to do the hardest thing first. By his grace, he lets Abram and then Abraham grow in his faith. And you come to realize that you toughen you are toughened against the battle. And you get to a point where you always know that God will deliver you, even though you don't know how. It doesn't seem possible. But you know he will. Here the old man comes under attack of his enemies. Do not cast me away at the time of old age. When my strength fails, do not forsake me. One of the most, one of the most difficult things to face in life as you get older is the recognition of failing strength. Don't cast me away. If I ever needed you, I need you now. In my old age, my strength is failing. I can't get out here and bear the sword like I could as a younger man. Do not forsake me. For my enemies said of me and those who watched for my soul took counsel together saying, Elohim has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is no one to rescue him. There is no deliverer, no rescuer. He's too old. He can't ride the horse. He can't bear the sword. He can't hold up the spear. He can't draw the string of the bow like he did before. He's old. And he's more feeble than he was. Let's take him. Elim is forsaken him. So the psalmist calls for God to judge. Elohim, do not distance yourself from me. Elohim, or my God, Elohim, hasten to my assistance. The adversaries of my soul will be shamed and will perish. 
enwrapped in humiliation and disgrace will be those who seek to harm me. One of the greatest proofs of the presence and power of God is deliverance from enemies and one of the strongest signals of disgrace and humiliation to those enemies are their failures. Their failure to accomplish what they set out to accomplish. The adversaries of my soul will be shamed and will perish. Enwrapped in humiliation and disgrace will be those who seek to harm me. It is a marvel of, of God's grace to watch how God delivers his own from the attacks, from the unmitigated attacks of those who just by the fact that they are the enemies of God's people are the enemies of God. God knows how to deliver. So the psalmist promises praise. As for me, I will constantly hope. I've lived too long. I've seen too much. I've been delivered too many times. But there's a, there's a new song for me to learn. There's a new verse that I can write. My mouth will recite your righteousness. All the days of your salvation. For I do not know their number. There is no limit to the ways and the days that God can deliver his own. I will come with the mighty deeds of Adonai Yahweh, of the Lord my God. I will mention your righteousness alone. Now he's moving into the epitome of the praise of his life. You know, and I suppose it's this way with every believer. We start out in our life of faith and we, we think that we contribute our strength to God's strength in the times that we're delivered. The further we go, the more we realize that it's less of me and more of thee. Until you reach the point where you say, it's none of me and all of thee. And this is where the psalmist is in his life. Your praise, your salvation, your righteousness, your righteousness alone, and this is my testimony. I'm worthless, I'm helpless in all the days of my life. There was never a thing that I contributed to my deliverance. I was sheltered by the Almighty and He did it all. This is the testimony of an old man. Your righteousness alone. He promises then to be a witness.
Elohim, you have taught me since my youth. And until now, I will recite your wonders. And even until old age and hoary hairs, that's gray-headed. Elohim, do not forsake me until I tell of your strength to the generation or to this generation, to everyone who comes, your might, your strength. I'm old, they're young. They need to hear my testimony. I will be a witness. So there's hope for help. And your charity, Elohim, which is up to the heights. For you do great things, Elohim, who is like you? That you showed me great and evil troubles. You will revive me again. And from the depths of the earth, that's that word that it's a, it's a synonymous word to the word in the beginning and, you know, on the face of the deep. This awful darkness of emptiness. From the depths of the earth, you will again raise me up. You will increase my greatness and you will turn and comfort me. No hope but hope in God. What else does he need? So the whole thing as it's resolved, receives the final praise here from the psalmist. I too will thank you with a stringed instrument for your truth, my God. I will play music to you with a harp, O Holy One of Israel. This leads us to believe that it's David. Now he has another song, a new song. He can write the Revelation says, of the saints gathered in heaven and they sang a new song. There's still yet another experience that we haven't had that will add another song to the songs we've been singing. My lips will sing praises when I play music to you and my soul, which you redeemed. And my tongue will utter your righteousness all the days for those who seek my harm have been shamed. Yea or yes, they're disgraced. Their, their evil attempts and their conspiracies, their attacks, have failed to the glory and greatness of God to the deliverance of the psalmist to the shame of the enemies Psalm 4 an old man lifelong faith well we'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time